wanted to start off by talking to you. Um, I know that you had, you know, fought Bart Pierre. I believe that was your your last fight, right? And you, yeah, that was um, my last one. You finished Bart, and then we kind of have gone into this uh, quarantine. And when I messaged you about um, about even joining MMA T Company in the first place, you know, one of the first things that you said was that you had watched. Um, you know, my fight with Bart when you were getting ready for him. Is that something that you uh, typically do with fights that you have, you know, try to research and fight or, I mean, find, um, you know, film and, and whatnot on your opponents? Yeah. Uh, every time I get a matchup, I'll, I'll do a Google search, do a YouTube search, even look on Facebook, Instagram, see if I can find anything that'll help me, any patterns I can exploit. So uh, I was lucky that Bart had, I think pretty much all his fights on YouTube and I can mm -hmm. re just rewatch all of them. Yeah. I know some guys, they like to, to watch their opponents. Other guys don't. I'm kind of in the middle uh, with, with watching film on guys just because I've had so many fights fall through. Um, and then I've also, you know, put a camp together where I've trained specifically for someone and then they fell through and I didn't do well because of building those patterns that you're talking about. Um, have you, have you had any experience with that so far, you know, in your, your career with, you know, training for someone and then having a short notice opponent? Um, no, it's Bart was actually the first person I could really find footage for. So before I was really just winging it and, uh, just kind of pr prepared for whatever. So Bart was the first opponent I, I could actually find fight footage on and, and make a game plan kind of. Gotcha. I've had, it's, it's funny as you start coming up through, it's always like your first couple fights, you just can't find a whole lot on guys. And it's whether they, yeah. you know, just haven't fought yet or whether they, you know, fought for a promotion. Like I know like Maverick and some other promotions, they're not really up there online to find footage of them. Um, and then as you start gaining more experience and your opponents gain more experience, you're like, Oh, there's a fight of him on YouTube or, Oh, I can find this or oh, I can find that. Um, and it becomes a little more easy to, to game plan for them. Um, so you're kind of at that stage now where I think moving forward, you'll at least find something on someone, whether it's a highlight or, or what have you. Yep. Exactly. And then, I like to study films, so that works for me. Good. And do you, you know, outside of studying your opponents, are there any fighters that you like to model your game after? Anyone you like to watch just on, you know, fight past clips or what have you? Oh, yeah, big time. Um, I would say Adesanya, Israel Adesanya is probably my number one guy. Um, I like guys like like that, like Stephen Thompson, TJ Dillashaw. Um, I like this kid, uh, Cody Sanhagen. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of like strikers, stance changers, that's kind of my style. I haven't gotten to show that really because most of my fights have been going to the ground, but mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what I'm looking to emulate. Gotcha. And that's, that's really indicative of, you know, Pennsylvania and the region in general, I think is most amateur and even pro fights. They're not really stand up technical fights. You know, we have every wrestler and their cousin, you know, fighting amateur MMA here in Pennsylvania and they want to, you know, punch, punch, shoot and get to the ground. Um, yep. Now what, you know, what are you doing in terms of, you know, knowing that, you know, somebody's probably going to shoot on you um, in, in terms of footwork and whatnot. Are you more okay with getting taken down or are you more training towards, you know, stuffing the takedown, coming out on top and then striking off of that? Um, I would say a, a mixture of all the above. I've pretty much built my game to be 
almost anti-wrestling. So like intercepting with knees and uppercuts, front headlock chokes if I can get the front headlock, um, and a lot of footwork, angular movement to make it hard to to catch me, basically. Gotcha. And, you know, these – the rule sets for different fighters, some are helpful early on, and then other times you're a little inhibited uh, just by the rule sets that you're fighting at. Now, you being one of those strikers that – wants to use your range, your angles, those knees, uppercuts, things like that. Uh, are you looking are you, you looking forward to having that the longer rounds and the, and the rule sets that lend you the ability to throw those knees when somebody shoots or the elbows or things like that that right now you just can't do? Yep, 100%. That's, uh, I'm looking to make my pro debut and, and definitely looking forward to the five-minute rounds. So if I do – end up getting taken down, I can at least work my jiu-jitsu or work my way back to my feet to get it back to where I want it. Gotcha. And, you know, the, the jiu-jitsu that you're working, I'm always a firm believer of, unless you have one of the slickest guards in the game, right, I, I think that you should be working to get up instead of working those submissions off your back. Uh, I do when I'm in a camp and just when I'm training MMA in general, a lot of what I do is, is wall work, right? Get up, get up, get up, or have the ability to get somebody down and hold them there. Um, so when you're, when you're training and you're, you know, ready for one of your fights and you're in camp, um, you know, what kind of drills are you doing to, you know, emulate that wrestler heavy pressure and then be able to get back to your feet and, you know, use your striking to your advantage? Uh, really, uh, a lot of wall work, like you said, with bigger, better wrestlers, um, trying to hold me down, take me down and me just trying to get back to my feet, starting out in bad positions, fighting out of it. Um, so a lot of the, most of the MMA work I do is wall work and, and groundwork and work, working on just that fighting off takedowns and, and getting back to my feet. And, you know, what is your, your background in? Cause I know you said you study some of those more, I don't want to call them traditional cause Adesanya is anything but a traditional striker, but you know, they have more of that traditional karate or um, kickboxing background. Uh, where did you, you know, get your start in mixed martial arts and, and martial arts in general? Uh, I started when I was 16, my junior year of high school, I started wrestling because I knew, I knew I wanted to fight. So mm -hmm. I started wrestling. I wasn't very good, but uh, I got that base in there a little bit. Then I started with MMA my senior year. So I trained for a couple of years, had my first fight, and then I actually took off of competing for six years before I got back into it. Oh, really? And what were you doing during that time, during that six-year layoff? Uh, so I took off a few years. I got a full-time job, and I thought, you know, I'm going to move on with my life and try to be a grown adult or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I realized that wasn't for me, so got back into it. And um, when I was trying to make my comeback, it was just a series of injuries, one after the other, that, that held me up even longer. But now I'm healthy and I've, I'm on a three-fight win streak and ready to make my pro debut. Is that what you have planned next is, is that pro debut? Yeah, 100%. I was supposed to do it in a, on May 16th, but, you know, COVID-19 happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to have – I think mine was going to be the ninth was my next fight I had lined up, and you know, same thing happened to me. Um, did you have a, a contract signed and everything lined up? Uh, nothing was signed, but um, – I had been in talks with CFFC and uh, my coach was pretty much telling me it was a done deal. Gotcha. And you had 
I think you fought Bart for CFFC, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, yeah, that's right. The um, have you fought for other promotions uh, as well, or was it just strictly CFFC coming up through? Yeah, I fought for uh, it was like an Art of War CES um card, mm -hmm. and I fought for Maverick. And then my first fight was for this promotion called XFE. I don't you I don't know if you remember those. That was uh, my first fight too. Really? Yeah, I fought for Dave Feldman out at the the Sands Casino. Where is that at AC? No, it's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I fought for XFE. I think it was my first like two or three fights. Um, and then, you know, been with, you know, it was WCC and then Art of War and, you know, had a couple different options, you know, coming up through, but, you know, those guys always treat me well, but all those promotions that you're fighting for too, you know, um, they put out some of the best fighters in the region, uh, especially CFFC, oh, yeah. you know, every fight card, it looks like lately there's been, you know, UFC fighters that have a history fighting in the CFFC. I think the last you know, five, six cards I see, you know, Arias Garcia post in, you know, good luck to CFFC vet in this fight or that fight. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about fighting for CFFC and, and what it's like really being on that stage. Cause you're surrounded in the locker room at weigh-ins, you know, things like that by guys who are really on the cusp of, you know, that stage as, as big as it gets right there, it goes CFFC and then you might go Bellator or PFL and then UFC. Um, so what's it like being surrounded you know, by that, that top, caliber fighter in all of those different things and you know how does that you know affect your preparation and, and going into the fights oh uh, yeah it just I feel at home there I that's kind of always where I wanted to go towards with CFFC because like you said I see that pathway from the CFFC to the UFC so to me it feels like I feel like I belong there and uh I kind of just want to prove now that I belong there by by going out there and smashing somebody <laughs> and you know something that i don't think a lot of people i, I want to say casual fans but fans that may only like mma because they come to watch you fight is that the cffc cage is huge right compared to like if you fight for an artivore or a maverick so for yeah. you someone who wants to use those angles and use that striking that really plays into your advantage yeah, 100%. I, that's one thing I noticed right away fighting for CFFC was the, the size of the cage. And me, I, I'm a foot, I like footwork. I like cutting angles. So that's perfect for me. Uh, what kind of footwork drills uh, do you do now that, you know, we're kind of, you know, some people are training, some people are not. Some people are just hitting pads with one person or what have you. Um, you know, what are those footwork drills that you're doing to stay crisp? Um, a lot of shadow boxing and just like, you know, throw a throw a combination angle out to the right. Throw a combination angle out to the left and then look for a counter. Like, just little stuff like that. So I make sure every time, basically anytime I'm throwing something, I'm, I'm doing something defensively after it. Usually cutting an angle and then visualizing a counter from there. Got you. And, you know, as being someone who is uh, using that, that striking and that footwork, I always try to um, – I always try to tell people how difficult it actually is to fight moving backwards, right? I always want to have heavy pressure forward uh, because when we're training, we're always hitting pads or moving forward, moving forward. Um, and when you have someone that's always in your face, you're using a whole different muscle set, right? Going backwards, angling off to one side, off to the other side. Um, do you ever, do you train um, 
you know, moving forward and moving backward when you're striking in case you get somebody that's that real heavy pressure, that wrestler that's just drive, drive, drive? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a lot of it too is like I want to be able to strike going forwards. I want to be able to pressure when I have to and then be able to take my foot off the gas and strike going backwards if I have to as well. So I kind of started out wanting to be like a back foot dance around counter fighter and I kind of now I'm going more towards pressure um but also being able to step back and counter if I have to kind of like Conor McGregor like mm -hmm. you see him always going forward but when you decide to put the gas on he'll step back and nail you for it if he has to yeah, and a lot of that has to do with with having good timing and and precision right Conor always says it's not the most powerful man that knocks you out it's the, the timing the precision and the, 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 the speed and quickness that does that. So being able to back up, plant that back foot, and then drive forward at that right time, you know, is one of the most devastating ways to really knock someone out. And it's oh. so satisfying too when you have someone charge and charge and charge, and then you just clip them and then you circle your way out. Um, this kind of the way that I've been trying to model my game lately too. I think that's the way that the sport is going a lot is because these strikers are realizing, you know, I don't have to stand and bang necessarily with these guys who want to put this heavy pressure on i need to let them come to me and, and pick and choose my battles yeah 100 percent. that's another thing i work a lot is like timing drills uh hand-eye coordination drills to make sure that it's there i can adjust to anybody's timing when they're coming in with how fast or whatever speed they're going at and i think you know the, the sport has evolved so much even since you know you said you took that six-year layoff um now while you were laid off were you still training that whole time or were you just like working, not really thinking about it? I was, you know, I was training here and there. Maybe like I would train a couple days out of the year uh, just for fun. And I would obviously be watching fights all the time. I never stopped watching UFC and never lost my passion for it. But yeah, I, I just kept following the game and then uh, eventually it just bugged me so much that I had to jump back in. And was there any one thing, right, that, like, set you off that you're like, all right, that's it. I got to get in there. I would say watching Conor McGregor talk about, you know, his career and going through similar things of, like, wondering whether or not it was for him and then going for it and actually making it and seeing him talk about becoming the champ and then becoming the champ. It made me realize, yep, it is actually possible. I can do it 100%. And, you know, Conor – his ability to believe something and then make it true, I think had that effect on a lot of young fighters, right? You saw a lot of people either getting back into the gym or start training for the first time, just based on, you know, interviews that he's doing saying, you know, I just believed in myself over and over and over again. Um, do you do any kind of mental drills or, you know, uh, some guys meditate, some guys do uh, like vision boards, anything like that. Is there anything like that that you're doing to, you know, keep yourself mentally crisp and sharp and keep those goals in front of you? Oh, yeah. Um, just I'll go as weird as I have to. I'll repeat a mantra every single day. I visualize every single day, like literally just sit there with my eyes shut and just see myself, see how the fight's going, see myself winning, get my hand raised um, and meditating. So kind of all of the above. And then before the fight, when I'm in the locker room, I do a lot of mental preparation. And how are you in the locker room uh, in terms of just your, I guess, emotions? Are you, um, are you nervous? Are you 
laid back and relaxed. Uh, I know, you know, every single person has kind of a different, you know, method to their madness back there. Uh, just want to get a little insight into, you know, what's going through your head before you make that walk. Uh, I would say, yeah, I, I get pretty nervous. I get a little tense. I try to relax as much as I can, but I try to not, I don't try to like actively calm myself down. I just kind of let whatever I'm feeling, I let myself feel it. And when it's time to go, I, I get myself up and get myself, get my nervous system ramped up and, and get my mind ramped up. And then when you are about to make that walk, right? And then your, your song hits, you start going down. Um, at what point, at what point are you like, all right, it's, it's time, it's time to fight, you know, it's, and then that, cause everybody has it where that nervous energy kind of wears off. Do you need to get hit in the face first or you hear the door slam behind you and you're like, all right, it's on. I feel like every fight, it hits me at a different time. Sometimes it's as soon as I hear my music, sometimes it's right when I step in the cage and sometimes it is right when I take that first shot. And so then, it, it really kind of depends, but it's and a, I think it's a that, nice that makes sense based on, you know, the atmosphere and, you know, who's in the, could be who's in the crowd or who you're fighting or, you know, how your training camp went. Um, I know some camps I would be walking down the ramp and I'd be like, oh, did I put enough road work in or did I do this or did I do that? And like all these things are circling through your head. But you can't yeah. think about that then once the fight starts. So it's kind of a, a fun mental gymnastics, I think that we play with ourselves all the time. And it's, interesting to see how different people handle it because everybody is so individual in the way that they handle this pretty crazy sport that we're in yeah for sure that's one of my favorite parts of fighting is just like the whole ride mentally and emotionally and it's it's almost like a drug it's like a high kind of that i just you just can't stop chasing that win is the best feeling in the world too isn't it yeah <laughs> sure uh, so uh, before before I let you go here, I just wanted to get some uh, some insight into I guess your plans moving forward. I know you said you were going to you know make your pure debut there in May, and obviously that fell through. Um, now, are you in pretty constant contact here with the CFFC? Are you aware if they have any fight cards coming up, or what their plans are moving forward, or you know when you could possibly make that walk again to the cage and, and make your pro debut? Um, I haven't talked to anybody from CFFC, but I have heard that they're, they were c considering maybe doing an event soon. Uh, that's what my coach, Jonathan Webbs told me. He's, he's kind of friends with all of those guys. So he keeps me in the loop, but, uh, right now I'm just waiting for a call and I'll be willing to jump on whenever I'm in shape and ready to go. Awesome. Uh, Tommy, it was a, it was a pleasure hanging out getting to chat with you today, get a little insight into, into your mind and your training uh, methods. I hope to make my way down there, train with all you guys down at, down at web fitness, uh, whenever this oh, yeah. passes and uh, you know, we'll see you soon. All right, man. Thanks for the talk. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. See you then. All right. Later. See ya.